With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Hail, hail, and welcome along to this very special episode of the Endless Elk Podcast. Uh, we're recording this show tonight uh, in, in advance of the Axom Charity Weekender, which we're absolutely delighted uh, to be a part of uh, this weekend. Um, all funds raised from any um, donations this weekend will be going to St Mary's uh, in the Carlton, not only the birthplace of Celtic, but a major stakeholder in lots of local charitable causes so we're really hoping to raise as much funds as we possibly can we appreciate it's a hard time of year but any anything you have that you can donate uh, please do so and again we thank uh, Paul John Dykes and all the Axon team uh, for allowing us to be part of this we're, we're absolutely thrilled 
Um, like you say, if you haven't uh, heard of us before, uh, we're a relatively new podcast. We just started this year. And as you can see along the bottom, um, we're available on all the usual outlets. So feel free to subscribe and listen in um, if, if you so desire to do so. Um, so for those of you not familiar with the podcast, um, I'm not the usual host. I'm one of the uh, regular contributors, uh, Stephen and the other co-host, John, I've decided to sit this one out tonight, so they've left it in the hands of us four mere mortals to try and keep things ticking along <laughs> for tonight. Uh, so I'll just introduce Will. Uh, we've got Ross, Willie, and Francis uh, joining us for tonight. How are you doing, boys? Very well, mate. All good, Very mate. Well. Good. Yeah, all good. Excited about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more, uh, Ross. I'm very much the same. So we had a wee debate in the in the group chat or of what to sort of make our uh, contribution about and, and what we would discuss. And after a bit of to and fro, and I think we just sort of decided that in the week that um, these guys packed out uh, the Hydro uh, just for the, the anthem anniversary celebrations, we thought it quite fitting to go back over season 2000-2001, which was obviously the year that a certain Mr. Martin O'Neill took over and uh, probably just changed the course of uh, Celtic history uh, in the process. Um, but I think we'll, we'll start right at the beginning. I'll, I'll come to yourself first, Ross, and we'll sort of just kind of set the scene, um, as it were. You know, 1998, uh, Celtic had stopped Rangers from winning uh, 10 successive league titles. Uh, but Rangers responded uh, quite forcefully with the appointment of Dick Advocat. And Julie, going forward, won five out of six trophies available to him. And it, at the time, it looked very much like they were getting ready to, uh, to have another crack at it. And we very much looked in the doldrums of the last league game um, against Rangers that season, finished in a 4-0 uh, defeat. So to say that things were not looking rosy in the garden is uh, a bit of an understatement. Uh, but then in the summer, 1st of June 2000, a certain Mr O'Neill joined from Leicester City and uttered at the gates that he would do everything he possibly can to bring some success to the football club. Um, I, think he, I think he did that. Would you not agree? <laughs> oh, um, aye, absolutely. He, he changed, like you say, changed the course. A Celtic as we knew it for probably 10, 11 years previous to him coming in. Um, he just, yeah, it, that was, I was going to say it's my earliest memories. It's no my earliest memories, but it's probably my earliest good memories, barring, like, say, the Scottish Cup uh, where we beat Airdrie uh, and uh, when we won, when we stopped the 10 and stuff. Uh, but I, he, he came in and he changed it. And I think uh, before he came in, like you touched on the previous season, I think uh, some quarters of the media uh, were saying that we were five years behind Rangers at that point before he came in. And he just, he, I think we're going to touch on it, signings and stuff. He, he, he built for the back uh, and just, don't get me wrong, he did get backed with a, a fair fair amount of money compared to previous managers, but he used it well and he, it was just, he, he done everything in his power to bring success with, to the football club and I think we all knew when he came in with his record at Leicester that he was going to be a good appointment, just how good he was going to be, we weren't, we didn't realise just how good he was going to be, sorry, uh, and I, it, it was just a great season and a great 
five years under O'Neill, really. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Like you say, um, it's not, not my own earliest memory either, but I, it just, to maybe coin Paul McStay's phrase, he just brought a buzz about the place. There was just something in the air uh, from the moment he was sort of unveiled that it was a sort of signal, really, that times <coughs> were a changing at Celtic Park. And um, obviously, not to discount uh, the previous sort of regimes, obviously, Dr. Joe, he didn't, he maybe didn't bring silverware to the club, but he did lay some some decent foundations in terms of the scouting process. Obviously, bringing in players that would go on to become key figures under O'Neill, like the likes of Johan Mialbi, uh, to think of one, and obviously Lubo uh, in okay. this year uh, particularly. Um, and also as well, for all we, we say, obviously the Barnes Dalgleishira was a bit of a, a disaster. Um, any uh, sort of squad that loses uh, a world-class talent like Henrik for most of the season, anyone would have, would have possibly struggled. And again, the signings of the likes of Stylian Petrov and, and, and Bobby Petter um, also played a huge part in this season as well. But like you say, I just think there was something that something different when, when Martin uh, came in. And as you touched to um, Ross, I'll come to you next, Willie. Um, just regards to it, Ross obviously said that Martin was backed very much in the transfer market. And I think that was just almost a sign of the times, really. There's maybe generations of Celtic fans now can't really begin to imagine us spending so much money um, on, on you know perhaps one specific player or or just how much that money would get you uh, in the transfer market. Um, but he went out and sort of made a few big statements straight away. Um, he went off to the Euros and obviously brought in Jos Valharan uh, from Roda, uh, which is the best part of £4 million. But his first signing, of course, was uh, someone who's uh, probably kind of stuck around uh, longer than most. <laughs> a club record signing at the time, uh, a certain Mr Chris Sutton. Uh, kudos to obviously Celtic Park Security uh, for allowing him uh, in in the gates to sign that day. And uh, yeah, you have to you have to say six million pound. It was money well spent, wasn't it? It sure was. What a player and uh, what a signing to play up alongside Henrik. I think Henrik said himself he's 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 played with the world's best, and uh, him himself has confessed that Sutton was his best partner up front and, and the and the best player he played with that suited his game. Um, he didn't have the best time at Chelsea, obviously. I, I was actually seeing from the Hydro um, interview during the week there that Sutton said that when he met O'Neill, he admired him from afar because he was a Forest fan as a boy and, and Martin just pulled him aside and said, listen, you've had a torrid time at Chelsea. You're a much better player than that. Come on up here. I've got a vision of what we're going to do. And boy, He's turned that vision into reality. Uh, the signings he made that season, like Tomo and the gap, get him for peanuts, and uh, it, he turned out to be arguably one of one of our greatest signings for the, the amount of money we spent on him. Uh, and he built that team. And at the time, I don't remember. I don't know if you guys see at the time for me it was always four four twos and. And uh, O'Neill brought in a three-five-two, and I remember younger being and thinking, never, we never, no used to the three-five-two, but <laughs> boy, it worked. And and uh, Chesty's whole persona and the way he was, and I don't think we had a character like that at Celtic, not for a long time anyway. Um, somebody that <laughs> would hit the sky, jump to the ceiling whenever we scored a goal, and celebrated <laughs> like he was a fan. Uh, it's just so refreshing uh, when he came in and. 
Uh, I mean, they're, they're most probably my greatest memories as a Celtic fan. That team, which is arguably, obviously the Lions and stuff, but that team's arguably the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest Celtic side, definitely in the modern era anyway. And the team we had at the time, we were absolutely <coughs> spoiled. At the time, you don't realise it, but now looking back, the players we had, <sighs> um, it's just unbelievable that we were we were allowed to go and see our team play that football and that we had these world-class players at our helm. And the majority of that's down to uh, Martin O'Neill. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, like I say, uh, that, uh, that's sort of where I get it. I think it, it sort of changed the identity of the club. It, it, it sort of, like you say, we, we, we can't really ever compare anyone to the Lisbon Lions, but I think he was, the, the, the identity and the rapport he had with, with, with his own players, it sort of, it had that kind of feel about it. Um, and you, you see it, the, the Lisbon Lions sort of wax lyrical about Martin as well. You know, the way he would conduct himself around the, the pitch and... Uh, Francis, I actually think of one of the earliest uh, things, one of the first things he actually did was take the Lisbon Lions out for dinner. Um, obviously, as a Celtic fan growing up, he was uh, a little bit starstruck. And Martin, although he's not a big drinker, um, did have a couple that night. And he said after the dessert, he finally plucked up the courage to go and have a, a wee chat to Tommy Gemmell. And um, he just says, Mr. Gemmell, I'm just wanting to ask you just about that goal in the European Cup final. And apparently Tommy's reply was, what uh, one, son? Um, so, so it's, uh, <laughs> you know, that age was still the little, uh, little uh, bit of pattern. You can't, you can't beat it. But like, like we say, Francis, you know, I, I think that's just why we're trying to set the scene before we, we, we really kind of get into the, the sort of how the fixture lists and results and that went. Just trying to let everyone realise just, just how, how far behind from the previous season that we'd felt to Rangers. There was a lot of chat about. You know, even getting close to them or getting within seven, eight points would be seen as real progress. And but no one could have imagined. I mean, these days, I mean, treble triumphs for Celtic these days are as common for us as you know going for a loaf of bread. But back then, you know, it'd been thirty-two years since Celtic had uh, had lifted all three domestic trophies in the one season. So no one could have predicted, even in our wildest dreams, what we were about to witness, could we? Nah, I don't think so. Obviously, we'll get into more detail on that. But when you actually see the season, like the type of season we had, it was, it was absolutely amazing. It was like you said, like Martin and Neil just for us in the twenty first century changed the sort of the landscape of Scottish football and Celtics for Celtics favour and things like that. And like you said, the their mortal words on the on the steps and that saying they'll do everything possible to to bring success to this club and stuff and. Yeah, it was just, it was such such a great, great, great season, and I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's just get down to business then, uh, shall we? So, like I say, a few signings were made, sort of early doors to sort of complement the great squad of players that were already there. They were just needing uh, someone to give them in and give them <laughs> that sort of confidence, and we had a few friendlies um, and. Early um, times in Europe, we played Jeunesse Esch in the UEFA Cup, and uh, Mark Burchill made history that night by scoring the fastest hat trick in European football history, which I believe still stands to this day, but don't quote me on that. And uh, early league for him, um, apparently Celtic played on the Sunday um, that week, uh, and it was an opening match against Dundee United up at Tanadice, and that partnership that was going to be proved to be so fruitful 
Larson and Sutton with a goal each uh, to get us off to a good start. And then we had sort of two very tight home games, actually. We only, it was a 1-0 win over Motherwell and a 2-1 win against Kilmarnock after going a goal behind. And the week after that, we then go to Tynecastle in a bit of a, a litmus test and blew them out of the park, really. We were 3-0 up after 25 minutes and the match eventually finished 4-2. Uh, Chris Sutton start, sort of gave an early indication of how he was going to be uh, just an absolute terror for defenders up and down uh, the length of the land. So going into a certain date, the 27th of August 2000, I don't know if you guys, uh, if it's in your brain, in your <laughs> memories much, but uh, this was it, I'd say, <laughs> that, yeah, absolutely, Roscoe, etched. <laughs> the first three games were tight, but we got the nine points uh, out of nine. Sorry, 12 from, 12 from 12. But Rangers had done the same. Uh, this was the first time in a long time that both sides would be lining up each other. Uh, the first derby with maximum points. Will we ever tire of talking about this game, Molly? <laughs> I think it's the greatest, <laughs> uh, greatest derby game. Of all time in our in our lifetime, anyway, some of the goals we scored and the the famous Henrik goal and um, it was just magic from start to finish. You couldn't believe it. It was just goal after goal after goal. And um, at that point in time, in Rangers, they were the dominant force in Scottish football. So, um, for us to do that and turn them over was just unbelievable. And like you say, because of the start of the season when Martin O'Neill came in and. Uh, the kind of job he had to do pretty similar to what Andrew's having to do this year he's came in and it's like we're so far behind him now and it's a rebuilding job and this and that and and we just absolutely hit the ground running that uh, that season and uh, the job he did was unbelievable and, and one of the best man managers about you hear all the stories you got all the smokers dinners and stuff and, and, you, and you, the ex-players are talking about him they're just Absolutely in awe of him uh, and the man he was. Uh, so, yeah, just magic, isn't it? 6-2, magic. <laughs> the stuff that Celtic dreams are made of, according to Ian Crocker, Ross. I don't think any of us could disagree uh, with that particular line of thought. Um, Henrik's chip goal to make it 4-1. Best goal you've ever seen in a derby? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Uh, I would have to say so I um, I can't think off the top of my head certainly not in my lifetime I can't think of a better goal uh, but I, it was it was an unbelievable game I, I can just like remember just sitting there was it 11 or 12 minutes we were 3-0 up uh, yeah. for, for a long time before that Celtic struggled to beat Rangers and I can just remember sitting going, is this, is this actually, are we actually 3-0 up? And, and, and the way it was going, you were you were looking at whoever you were sitting with and saying, this could be anything here. 
obviously. <laughs> I mean, Rangers did come back into the game slightly. I mean, I know the score finished six two, but they did start to perform a bit better. They, I think they made it three one, if my uh, memory serves me right. And then yeah. I, Sutton and Larson, eh, just again that the the partnership, the way they linked up, eh, Sutton wins that header for a for Larson to go on and score that goal, eh, and then Sutton gets a goal at the end. Eh, and I, I think eh, I have to say Larson's second goal in that game, the header. Although Aye. it was poor, it was poor marking, and it was a free header. He he was just brilliant in the air, and that he just mastered that glancing header. Uh, I don't know if we'll touch on it later on in the podcast, but one of my favourite headers that I've ever seen Larson scoring out with the two in the FA Cup final was the actually the semi final against Dundee United this season where. He, he, he's, he's like beyond the front post he sort of dives in how he gets that in I'll never know he must have a like a giraffe but uh, <laughs> I unbelievable unbelievable in there unbelievable player and absolutely privileged and honoured to have watched him in a Celtic shirt for what seven years uh, and mm-hmm. what a guy to stay with for as long as he did he, he owed us nothing uh, but he just loved the club and that that just doesn't hurt him anymore. But aye, what a game. What a game of football. Uh, even the way Lambert smashes that in, the celebration, you just you, you see him running away in the camera as at the back of his head and you can just picture his face. He's like <laughs> wide mouth, can't believe what's happening either. Can he hang? Uh, the whole stadium just like, you just couldn't believe it. But aye, what a, an amazing game. A absolutely amazing game. Absolutely, and Francis, another. I'm just taking, almost going to be Robin from Ian Crocker's uh, dictionary again here. <laughs> Obviously, we always talk about Henrik's two goals, but as we say, Chris Sutton got another two in that derby as well. And he, Ian Crocker alluded to the fact that Martin O'Neill had said when he first signed him that all he was lacking was a bit of confidence. Uh, well, he certainly wouldn't be lacking it um, after that game. Uh, and he is quoted when he first came, like you say, when he was discussed with Martin. Yes, Rangers at that point were, you know, the benchmark. But he wasn't coming up here uh, to settle for second place, wasn't he? he? He made it quite clear from the start that getting the league title back to Celtic Park was an obsession for him, really. Well, let's not forget Chris Sutton was a Premiership winner with Blackburn Rovers only a couple of seasons before it. So that this was a guy that a winner was had scored goals at teams like Norwich and stuff like that. So it, it was a big player. It was a it was a gamble as selling out six million for him considering he struggled at Chelsea. But it you touched on it there the first game against Dundee United, that's what anything you want to do as a striker to go off to a great start and have done it. But then even better to come into a a derby match and score after about twenty seconds or whatever it was, just scored that early into a game. And then obviously he finishes it off but the goal out right at the end of the game and I think when you, you look at the game as well it's, there was for a neutral it must have been brilliant to watch because there was so many good goals I mean even I think it was Van Bronckhorst who scored Rangers second goal he, that was actually a pretty decent free kick if you've been all honest but like uh, Lambert's goal was brilliant just to, to set up play by Moravchik Petrov's header was a good goal Sutton's second goal just still got all that determination Mahid running down the park and obviously 
Larson's header and the chip that we got the the mortal line of this is sensational or that is sensational. It was just <laughs> it was just an absolutely brilliant game. And they, yeah, Chris Sutton obviously got off to a pretty good start as a as a Celtic player, but just absolutely cemented himself after that game. Two goals in your first derby match. If you're not like you say, if you're not confident before that, you're you're going to be flying straight after it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, he became a bit of a god for us that day. And let's be honest, you know, 21 years later, he still is. Uh, (laughs) Uh, What more can you say about the man? Just love him to bits. Even some of the quotes that were coming out from uh, the big event on Monday night there were just absolutely fantastic. And uh, and yeah, like, like I say, for any of the kids listening today, yep, apparently... 20 years ago, 6 million quid got you a Premier League winner. So, you know, how times have changed. <laughs> and uh, also, but and yes, also we'll... Premier League managers would leave the likes of Leicester to come to us. Aye. No, the opposite way about. No, the opposite yeah. way. Yeah. Aye. Exactly, Willie. Absolutely. Aye. Absolutely. I uh, feel like for Leicester, funny enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but after that game, and this is one of the things, um, again, just shows you how much football's uh, changed. No transfer window uh, back then, Ross. And um, mm-hmm. Rangers responded in the way that Rangers often did. Um, they spent and they spent big uh, going into the autumn uh, and to try and make sure that this was just going to be a blip on their uh, on their jotter and um, that that would uh, that such a result wouldn't happen again. And uh, the League Cup forum started after the international break. We progressed against Raith Rovers and. We racked up some decent league wins at places that we are traditionally in the, the years gone by that we struggled at your McDermott Parks, your rugby parks, and uh, just sort of keeping the points ticking over. Normally, in years gone by again, the autumn was when we would start to sort of fade away a little bit. But for a change, we started pulling ahead. Rangers lost numerous games and questions were starting to get asked of Dick Advocat if he could, if he could sort of handle the heat with uh, having a heavyweight uh, opponent in, in Martin O'Neill. But like I say, their, their response in terms of the transfer market, they forked out what is still a Scottish League record, £12 million uh, for Tory Andre Flo from Chelsea. Celtic responded by buying Alan Thompson from Aston Villa for just short of three, and Didier Agat on a permanent deal from Hibs for thirty five grand. Um, so who do you think got the better value for money? <laughs> <laughs> Is that for me? Sorry. That's for you, Roscoe. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's for me, aye. Um, I think it's fair to say Celtic absolutely got the better uh, value for money. No doubt about it. I mean, Diddy got uh, he came in at Hibs. I think he only played like a handful of games. And uh... I, I don't know how how it worked. But I can't remember, but uh, we... He, he, he just looked brilliant and we just came in and got him for buttons and he, he came in and was just absolutely top class what a player he was and what a signing and it, he just fitted, slotted right into the team perfectly uh, and who, I, Alan Thompson he, pff, wow, I, I mean uh-huh. good talk about that guy all day free kicks, what a left peg he had on him so many big goals uh, especially in the Celtic Rangers games he uh, popped up with a lot. He popped up with one later on in the season, I'm sure, uh, against Rangers. I uh, uh, just just an outstanding signing, and it was, it was like you say, football's totally changed. Uh, imagine being able to bring guys like Thompson and that in midway through the season. I think he came in in like was it September or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yep. So I just to, to bring guys like that in, and again, probably a proven Premier League player at the time, not a Premier League winner like Sutton, but uh, I just the the type of player we were able to get when Martin O'Neill was there was just a, a level above what we're used to. Uh, I so uh, I mean they were two a uh, maybe five or six, like you have to say absolutely outstanding signings who are etched in the memory right to this day. Brilliant. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, again, domestically, um, Alan Thompson actually scored in his debut in a League Cup tie against uh, Raid Rovers. And later on uh, in the calendar year, we then, we then knocked out Hearts with practically a reserve side um, to secure a place in the semi-final in the new year. Um, but France, I'm just going to come to you... Ah, uh, 2-2 yeah. and then, uh, then the, the young boys came on and uh, sort of stole the show. Uh, although Lubo did get the decisive fourth goal uh, by uh-huh. turning Robbie Nielsen inside out. Uh, now I can always remember <laughs> a young Robbie Nielsen who's uh, still at Tynecastle. Uh, but for, so we're not going to dwell too much on, on Europe uh, this year, uh, Francis. This will yeah. probably be for a future, <laughs> a future uh, spin-off show. Um, but I think I just wanted to touch on it briefly because after Genesis, we drew Bordeaux um, in the autumn in the, the old UEFA Cup. It was classic knockout. And uh, obviously we returned to uh, France where Henrik had broke his leg the year before. Uh, thankfully, he came back injury-free and he came with a, got as a precious away goal. So it was 1-1 going into Celtic Park. And Martin O'Neill had, had his first sort of experience of a Celtic away support a massive Celtic away support in Bordeaux that night. And he's, he's quoted as saying that he just couldn't believe what he was seeing behind the goals that, you know, just the, the, the absolute sea of green and white and sang right to the end. And kind of, it wasn't the norm for us back then. We got a, a positive result to take back to Celtic Park. And although the Bordeaux match ended in defeat, I always remember when, when Lubo scored to put us 1-0 up that night, the, the, the noise, I'd, I'd never really experienced anything like that at um, a, a European game at Parkhead. Obviously, the Champions League nights were still to come. Um, but when you look at it that night, and we went toe-to-toe with a team that featured the likes of Christophe Dugarry and, and, and players like that, that you, you start to, you could almost argue that the blueprint or the or the green print, as it were, mm-hmm. for Celtic in Europe under O'Neill for the following five years, we started, we sort of seen the the sort of early stages of that that night, even although we, we lost the match, we more than held our own against the top side. I totally agree. Like you say, Bordeaux were, they were blessed with some good players and stuff, and it was... Like I can remember after the game as well, a lot of fans kind of hung about and cheered the team on. Like, well, not cheered the team on, but we're still there. And it was just, it, I think everyone around the club at the time could, had a feeling that was something special was happening domestically, and then could see maybe, yes, we went toe to toe with a pretty good Bordeaux team. If Martin Neil gets gets a couple more things, players in place, and things like that, we could actually really be getting Celtic <coughs> back to where they. They belong in Europe and challenging and competing in Europe and yeah, it was sort of a, the the early signs of it and as we say in the years to come, he actually he turned Parkhead into a, a fortress that uh, in European nights you were you were going there regardless of the the opposition going. It was a surprise if you didn't get the three points in Europe uh, not so long after 
after this season that we're talking about. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think the the thing is as well, uh, William, as I say, it ended in defeat. Um, but we sort of ploughed on in the league. We, we did drop points but we, against the likes of Aberdeen and our first drop points against Motherwell. But apart from that, it was really a, a, a clean slate and we were really building up a nice little... Uh, gap in the league that Rangers didn't really ever make up uh, and when, when we get to Christmas time a certain Mr Neil Lennon entered the fray the final piece in the jigsaw uh, a lot of us uh, <laughs> would, would, would argue it took him a while to get up I think there was protracted uh, sort of negotiations with Leicester but finally uh, just before Christmas we, we he made his debut in an away game against Dundee and it was a match that Funnily enough, we were outplayed for most of the match. We scored early doors, but then Dundee, who we can remember also at the time were big spenders, got back into the match and really were by far and away the better team that night. But then lo and behold, DDA, a gap more than repaid the 35 grand we, we, we paid for him by getting a late winner. And I think that was almost the point where you realised that this was a side, uh, Willie, that wasn't going to let this chance of winning the league uh, slip away from them. It, it was a different mentality under Martin. Definitely. Uh, just going back, that's again, I talk about the man-manager side. And I think a lot of the players have, have, have touched on it and plenty of times before and said that he made them feel like mountains, man-mountains. Uh, that showed a different side this as well. I mean, like they were a wonderful football inside. Unbelievable. Great football inside. Great football to watch. But they could also show a bit of dig and, and get through these games and one nils here and there. And Neil Lennon, you're bang on, was the last piece of the jigsaw, he was perfect for that uh, formation, for that group of players to let the guys like a gap Petros Moravchik skip forward and not have to worry because he's covering the defence in there in midfield and uh, he was one of the best at, it, at that time um, I'm sure you'll agree another big fee another big signing uh, what a team Like for start to finish, <laughs> first 11 what a team and he, yeah for me, I think he, he was probably the one that was missing in the team to let everybody. And I, I know Lambert was kind of, he, he kind of sat there, but uh, Lennon in there, just uh, that cover for the defence, uh, you could just let the front men do what they do best. And uh, final jigsaw, perfect 11 for me. Uh, I don't think he can change much in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Ross, so again, Going back to the, the, the sort, just coming up to the end of the Christmas period, but again, a strange time. The fact that season there was no New Year derby. Um, the second derby at Ibrox was played in November, uh, where Rangers got their probably one and only decent day out that day when uh, they did turn us over. Um, but we'll quickly brush over that and uh, <laughs> obviously go on to the, the festive period. <laughs> we uh, absolutely, yeah, it's a uh, it's a Celtic show, isn't it? And uh, yeah, we we basically. Around Christmas time, we did also again strengthen the side. Um, we signed Rab Douglas for, uh, to replace Johnny Gould in goals. Um, we can always argue Rab was a bit of a mixed bag, but more than a decent shot stopper. And again, chose Celtic over Rangers, which again wasn't we weren't particularly used to. Any time around then there was a bidding war, Rangers would usually come out on top. But mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, Rob, more or less admitted that once he spoke to Martin, his mind was made up. And we also got, and if I remember correctly, it was a inclusion in your team, <laughs> 11 from uh, the O'Neill era, uh, a few shows Mr. back. Um, Mr. We, Vega. We got Mr. Ramon Vega, who scored two from, on loan from Spurs, who scored two on his debut. We then had another tricky tie away on Boxing Day uh, up at um, Tanadice, which again we came through with, which led us up to the last game before the winter break, uh, which was a 6-0 win against Kilmarnock. I don't know if anyone remembers, but it's probably one of my favourite passes of a football I've ever seen when Johan Mialbe just pings it down the right wing for, for Stylian Petrov to, to latch onto it and he crosses it over for Henrik. So I think that was his, his second or the third goal of that game. He scored four and, and four, Sutton got two. Uh, and that set us off into the, the winter break. And that was sort of the first time any of us had, re- had really experienced that. But do you think a winter break and coming back just into cup action with with such a lead and that kind of helped the players just sort of say, right, we've got a semi-final already booked. The Scottish Cup's about to start. We're miles ahead in the league. It's time just to get the gas back up, foot on the gas again, or even on Rangers' neck, and just go as hard as you can? Uh, well, I mean, you say on Rangers' neck, but I don't even think they were saying at that point. I think Hibs were our closest challengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you might be right. Hibs uh, and Hearts. I think Rangers overtook Hibs later in the season, but Hibs uh, really gave mm-hmm. a good account of themselves that season. Uh, and actually... I think they were probably they gave Celtic some of their toughest tests uh, uh, and individual games. Uh, I think they took took a point at Parkhead later in the season, uh, but um, yeah. I I think they touch on the the winter break. I think it as a fan you don't you're no you would rather it wasn't there because you like the games coming thick and fast every week. But as a as a player and a squad and a team. I think it came at a perfect moment for them. They weren't a memory. I don't think they were flagging or struggling, but just recharge your batteries. They went away out. Sure, they went away out to America eh, Mm -hmm. and played a couple of games in front of some of our fans eh, that are in America because, again, we've got a worldwide fan base because we're a (laughs) massive club. But eh, (laughs) So it gave the fans over there... eh, a chance to experience the team in the flesh, eh, recharged the batteries, got a wee suntan, and came back to go again. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And like I say, it started off with a, a win in the Scottish Cup, uh, which we then had to go to a replay in the next round against Unfermline. Uh, we drew 2-2 at East End Park, but thankfully your pal Ross Ramon Vega did the business in the replay by scoring a couple of goals along the Henrik uh, and that put us into the quarters <laughs> against Hearts. But more on that later, 
Um, sort of back to, to February time, uh, Wally. And again, as, as Ross has alluded to, around that time we had dropped points against Hibs, but we did have the third derby of the season coming up against uh, against Rangers. And it was a very tight game, although it's certainly not the 6-2, but the 1-0 result was absolutely vital, wasn't it? Just to keep that, that gap at the top of the table. And again, a break from what we were used to when it was the crunch games, when it was a narrow win so often in those years it was Rangers that would come out on top but that time it was Celtic taking, keeping the three points at Parkhead William I want to talk about it again <laughs> Is he froze? I'm not sure, has back, he froze? Back. Oh he's um, gone man I think oh, he may gosh. be off so we'll, we'll come back to Willie. so uh, Frank I'll put that question <laughs> on yourself at the moment uh, just sort of how important that 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 game was uh, to to sort of just keep keep that twelve point uh, gap there. Yeah, it's like the Kenny Derby match. It's always important to win it. It's always nice to win it. And I think obviously uh, after obviously losing five one to them at Ibrox, it's maybe questions were getting asked even low. Like say we had a twelve point uh, advantage in the league, but your mental mentality and that was maybe getting questions and stuff and. Yeah, it was it was a tight, nervy game and stuff. And then Alan Thompson just with a nice wee, a wee toe poke scored one of one of many big goals and one of many big goals against Rangers. So it was it just really cemented us back into back into the flow of the sort of the league campaign to say, look, we're still here. We're we're not going anywhere. We're go we're going at this strong. We're going to keep going and going and going. Just proved the winning machine that Martin O'Neill turned this team into. Relentless, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I couldn't. That's absolutely the word I was going to go for. Us, they were just relentless, mm. and just it, it, it was always they were just like a machine that kept going. Really, weren't they? Uh, especially in this season. Well, uh, Wally, can you hear us? Okay, you back <laughs> in from the? Aye. Just, just, he's back from the from his hidden bunker. Just like one of there, I needed. To, I was running a bit like a dog there on the ground. Just needed a wee break. I'll be back. That's me back. <laughs> All right. I thought you'd put uh, the invisibility cloak on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll come to you for, for this one as well because just after the the Rangers game again, when we've we've got the we've got a bit of a gap. There's also a, another league game I just wanted to to bring out because again, it's just getting to that point where, as I say, we, we weren't used to winning leagues and just the nerves <laughs> were starting to kick in. It was a midweek game, a home tie against Motherwell. Um, where Andy Gorham, who was playing for Motherwell at the time, was just having one of those games where we just couldn't get past him. And as you can imagine, the, the tension in the stands was starting to get a bit unbearable. But with uh, about seven, eight minutes to go, Celtic got a free kick about 25 yards out. And uh, as you can imagine, from that kind of distance, it would take something special to beat Andy Gorham. But then again, if Andy Gorham is Superman, then Lubo Moravchik had kryptonite in his boots that night, didn't he? When he bent that free <laughs> kick around the wall. Uh, absolutely unstoppable to keep a 12-point advantage. It was a bit of a belter, wasn't it? Unbelievable. What a player. Um, I'll never forget the first time i seen him in the flesh. And we, we played, I think it was Hearts we played. My dad took me along. And he took a corner for one side with his right foot. Straight back out for a corner for the left side. And he went and turned that with his left foot. And I remember just thinking... My goodness, got him in at that age as well. What a player! Um, I like you're saying about how the whole mentality again. I think that's a new one still in that, and the players he brought in. Everybody in that team was a leader. Your Mialbies, Lambert, Lennon, 
Larson's, Sutton's, Tomos. Imagine all these guys in the changing room. If it's not going their way, they'll be tearing lumps at each other. Absolutely packed full of leaders. And then um, I think you touched on that. In the past, we were we were mostly chasing um, Rangers at the time in previous seasons, and and we we did probably well under the pressure a lot of times. But it's just Anil just instilled this absolute belief in us, and like we can beat anybody on our day. And let, you can't forget that that Rangers side is a proper proper side. I think they had about ninety percent of the. The Dutch national team in this squad at the time, <laughs> um, along with others. It's not. This wasn't just a, a walk over over an, an, an easy an easy team. They they were a proper side at the time. So for us to blow them away like we did, especially after the season before, I think we I think we were twenty one points or so behind the season before when Barnes was in charge. So to turn that around in one season is just remarkable. Yeah, it absolutely is, and like you say. Rangers, absolutely. I think that's what puts makes the achievement even greater, just how good a side Rangers were at the time, like you say. Absolutely packed. Uh, back to front with uh, Dutch Dutch superstars, which absolutely, of course, is the reason why the fans all wore orange at the cup final the year before. I'm sure there was no other reasons why. Um, but, Ross, we'll come to yourself, just regarding the other derby that took place uh, around, that, around that time. Um, was it Hamden, the League Cup semi-final? Again, another match where Rangers would traditionally have been the favourites. The League Cup was always a, a trophy that they used to sort of have the the jinx on us. But again, uh, Ramon Vega wins the header. Uh, Cannon's off the bar. Sutton puts it in on the half volley. A couple of minutes later, Henrik chips uh, Kloss again. We're 2-0 up after 15, 16 minutes and we're thinking, is this going to be another 6-2? But we were quite happy with a place in the final in a 3-1, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, aye, absolutely. My favourite moment of that game was Bob Malcolm falling flat in his face. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, aye, to, to touch on the... Was it, did you say it was Sutton that scored the first goal? It, it was. Now, Ve- Vega Vega, but does the header. Uh, but it cannons off the, the bat and Sutton fall, volleys it in. But the camera the goes camera straight to Ramon Vega. Well, that's what I'm going to say, right? <laughs> because I I, actually... I, I was. I can remember being in the pub watching that game, right? And I had uh, Vega to score the first goal. He's headered it. And then the camera panned him. I was jumping at the pub going, yes, I've won. I've won the bet and all that. And then the next minute it was like Sutton had scored. And I was like, what? Didn't even see him putting it in the net. I just I totally assumed it was Vega. But uh, I mean, I quickly got over it when we brushed him aside and won 3-1 and got into the final of the cup. And like you say, that was another, like, sort of duck, if you like, broke. Uh, beat Rangers in the Cup. We we got over the line with a game against them that you've touched on that looked like it was going to be nil-nil. Uh, and Alan Thompson popped up and was there Brian Loudrop that day. Uh, so, aye, it was, it's, it was a great game. And it, it's one that sticks in the memory, that semi-final, because of that bet. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm over it now. Just. <laughs> don't, don't, don't like it, do you care? Uh, I think I was mean, getting back about 30 quid or something. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of money when you were, when you were earning it. £30 a week in an apprenticeship. <laughs> I'm sure you were a few halves in the minors at that point, tell me. Tell me <laughs> I, I, 
So like I say, that result booked us our, our spot in the first uh, cup final of the season. Uh, the first uh, match where we actually sported uh, that fantastic <laughs> hoops that uh, Ross is sporting tonight. Um, it came out on St. Patrick's Day. So, uh, so you can imagine there was a few, more than a few uh, purchases of it uh, in the stands. Uh, and I just wanted to, just before that match, uh, the, the week before it actually, uh, Stilly and Petrov suffered a horrific leg break. Similar uh, into what Henrik had done the year before, and that he was a player completely transformed under uh, Martin O'Neill, Wally. So we just thought, God, is this going to derail our season as well? But you just think, again, the guy stepped in and, and we got the business done. But just a quick sort of thing, your, your thoughts on Stylian Petrov uh, and his contribution and his transformation into a, a Celtic legend that season. Unbelievable again. I mean... I don't know where we find these these guys. Uh, we uh, Ross, we went to the smokers room and and, and he was uh, discussing about when Martin O'Neill came in actually, and he says that at the time Barnes and that he came across, he didn't know the language, he was still a young boy. Um, I think he said that Barnes was in training, <laughs> going in at the knee, slide challenging them all night. Yeah, what am I doing here? Um, and uh, just just to give a wee insight, that like he says about Martin O'Neill, he, I think he was he was talking about when he was with uh, the club under Barnes, and his girlfriend and his dad and all that. They're all back home, in, in Bulgaria, and they're, they're not getting across to see him. And and he, he I think he had an appearance bonus. And all he needed was one more appearance to get a bonus. And, and with that bonus, he was going to pay for his girlfriend and his dad to come over on a flight, see a game, and, and obviously spend some time with them. And uh, for whatever reason, Barnes and that didn't, didn't play him. Uh, and he never got his bonus. And uh, he said he came back that pre-season. He was overweight. Um, He was thinking he's not got a future at the club. And Martin O'Neill came in. And he said, I think he said the first conversation he had with Martin O'Neill was... Um, Mark O'Neill sat him down in his office and said, right, first of all, that contract you're on is ridiculous. We're going to give you a new one. I'm going to pay you what you deserve to get paid. Um, gave him his vision. He says, you need to work hard if you want to be in this team, but I believe you've got what it takes. And uh, Stan said they made him feel like a man mountain. Went away, trained his ass off and uh, lost about three stone and uh, turned into the machine that he was uh, that season. And what a player and what a servant he was. Uh, he could do everything in the midfield. He was tough tackling. He could pass the balls. He got in the box and scored goals, a bit like a Lampard. Um, what a player and uh, what, what a job he did for us. Again, just another another uh, little view on how Martin O'Neill's man management um, turns a team. There's these players. We've seen it with Rodgers and stuff like that as well. Uh, Forrest being a prime example. Looking like they're down and out and then a new manager comes in, puts a bit of belief in them and they just turn into a total different player. And uh, that's what, thankfully, that's what Martin O'Neill did with Stan and uh, what a season he had. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so know, Francis, is that a burger van? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> he's made a burger van, he says, says he's about <laughs> to learn English, so he just stood there and listened to what everybody was saying. Aye, uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> Here in Queen's English, around the burger van, absolutely. So, around that time, as I say, it was the cup final. The first of the treble was wrapped up with a 3-0 victory over Kilmarnock. Uh, where Henrik made again another wee bit of history, scored the hat-trick uh, in the final. It was absolutely 
a terrific second half performance. The first half wasn't great, and then obviously Chris Sutton was actually red carded in the match. But we got the first trophy out of the way, and we just had a few more league league games to go, and then we would uh, be league champions. But the just before we clinched it, we to to do that, we needed nine points for nine, and we had to go up to Petodre where we won a, 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 again Didier Agat proving his worth scored a late winner we then scored another late winner at Dens Park uh, sorry at Celtic Park against Dundee uh, in the midweek to set up the league championship clincher um, before the split as I said that was the first year that the split was ha- happening uh, and 20 years later I'm still trying to work out what the point of it is but that's uh, as for another show no doubt uh, but believe it or not the game was actually on Sky box office that day that's how confident Sky were how good we were at the time we, we, we commanded a slot on Sky box office and uh, it was a match against St Mirren uh, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And where of all the unlikeliest of heroes, Tommy Johnson scored the winner, and it was a pretty pretty nervous affair, pretty similar almost to St. Johnston when we stopped the 10 a few years previously, a match where we maybe should have won by more, ended up being a bit nervous. But uh, just to think, as we've spoke about from where we were at one point the year before, 21 points behind Rangers, we had secured the title before the Easter holidays. That's not bad going, isn't it? Ah, it's, it's, it's okay, isn't it? It's kind of, couldn't have asked for anything more. Like you say, obviously, you win the League Cup final, it's back then it was played a wee bit later than what it is now but it's still played early enough that if you're in a good position in, in the league you win a trophy, it gives you a wee kick to keep going you get a wee feel for, for winning a trophy so you, you kick on and yeah like said we went up to Aberdeen, it's, even back then we liked a wee important result up at up at Pataudry. It just it seems to have a wee thing etched in Celtic just Pataudry and big results and yeah, going on to obviously the the same winning game where Tommy Johnson, like I think Tommy Johnson actually had a pretty decent season that season in terms of he scored. Like, I'm not saying he scored lots of, but he seemed to score important goals. Had up quite a few assists and stuff. And so yeah, he always have a wee bit of history in Celtic. The fact that his goal technically secured, he scored the goal that secured the league, so to speak, that season. So and then he won it with what it would have been. Six games still to still to play. It was it was just party thing for his for for a couple months. <laughs> Absolutely party time indeed. But of course, um, we the following week, Ross, we got into the we booked our place in the Scottish Cup final. We've beaten Dundee United in the semis. Uh, Henrik scoring that magnificent header, as you alluded to earlier, to set us up on our way and uh, two further goals in the second half uh, sealed our spot in the cup final 
But as Francis alluded to, we had a couple of games before that we had to sort of round the season off. And the Laptop Loyal and all the all the Daily Record and their friends at the Sun were telling us that this was going to be... the Celtic have had a great season, but obviously there was one final match against Rangers to be played at Ibrox, where we hadn't won for six and a half years and uh, normal service would be resumed and the Teddy Bears would have a wee, a nice day in the sunshine. Uh, Lubo and Henrik had other ideas, didn't they? <laughs> oh, aye, aye. Uh, I, I mean, again, I remember, I actually missed the start of that game because I was working. I mean, I was about a second year apprentice, so God knows what I was doing working on a Sunday, but <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, working on the Sabbath, I, think, I tell you. Uh, I, know. I, know. I must have got coerced, didn't you? <laughs> but uh, I think was it, I think it was Lubo opened the score on that day. Aye. Uh, yeah, Lubo got the first two, yeah. Aye. So I missed his first goal. Uh, obviously, he didn't have the benefit of recording and stuff then, so it was it was just missed. But uh, aye, I mean, Celtic, I, I don't know, was it something like maybe, I think it was about six years or something for the one at Ibrox. Uh, yeah, six and a half. Aye. Uh, and again, like the 6-2 game, I've come in, it's 1-0, and you're like, okay, we're winning 1-0 at Ibrox, there's a long way to go. And obviously we've been the better team throughout the course of the season. Uh, but 2-0, 3-0, you're, you're, you're again in disbelief. This is Ibrox we're at, do you know what I mean? This just doesn't happen. But it did, and it continued to happen uh, after that, because as we've touched on, uh, O'Neill changed the course of Celtic uh, in a new century and we've never looked back since uh, but uh, even Larson's goal that day uh, to get it in for that angle uh, was just just epitomised him again he was just a phenomenal goal scorer he scored every single type of goal you could possibly think of and I think that season he finished by like fifty three goals or something. I mean, if you've got a guy, uh, if you've got a guy that's scoring you fifty three goals in one season, you're going to win every single trophy. You just don't. <laughs> 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 that, that, that third goal at Ibrox. The third goal at Ibrox. If you're Sean Maloney, you're sliding in and nicking that like hey, all day. Oh, you've absolutely. Got, you've got, you've got, you've got, you've got pelters, but I don't care. Now, nah, hey, Henrik, you've got 52 goals. I'm nicking this one. Uh, maybe he couldn't reach it. <laughs> 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 Three short legs. I think it was just, the, it's just the way that the, all the players went up to the, the Celtic end that day, ah, just yeah. giving it big ah. licks. It was just, they, they, they just knew that nobody was getting close to them ah, uh, yeah. in Scotland that season. It was just absolutely perfect. And, Wally, I'll just I'll quickly go to Henrik because before we touch on the cup final and we wrap up just a, a sort of special mention about about Henrik like you say European golden boot winner that year um the guy just had everything and I've often said this when we're in the pub obviously around the, the top strikers in Europe that time obviously Michael Owen won European player of the year that year but Thierry Henry hadn't you know sort of peaked at Arsenal yet Rud van Nistelrooy hadn't signed for Man United you know Raul maybe was the top dog at Madrid. Uh, Barcelona were having their barn years. You may be thinking Martin Palermo at Boca Juniors, who we all used to sign on Champ oh, Manager. But I can't, <laughs> I, I can't really think of. Uh, uh, you wouldn't have swapped any of them for Henrik, wouldn't you? The, the guy was just an absolute god. 
Unbelievable. Um, I think the reason he's not winning these sort of titles is because of the league he was in and the club he was at. Let's not forget, I think, for the Golden Boot, I might be wrong. We might, we might look a dafty here, but in the Scottish, it was not like a point system for each goal. And the Scottish aye, league aye, was, aye, was, was less yeah, points yeah. than it was in Serie A right. and, and English Premier League and that. So mm-hmm. to then to still go on and win that is even that's even more mind blowing. Um, we could do about twenty five podcasts just on Henrik Larson. Uh, <laughs> what what can you say about the player that's not already been said? And um, we've touched on that in our in our podcast before. And and for me, um, more than anything, more than the talent, more than the um, more than the player, more than the hard work he was, it's it's the the loyalty to stay at the club. And um, when he talks about it, how he's, he's, his family was settled, he was happy, he was on a good contract, he's playing European football. Why would they want to go anywhere else? Why would he not want to play against in front of the best fans in the world? Um, that is not something that happens in the game nowadays, and it wasn't something that happened in the game back then either. Um, what a player, what a person. Uh, I'm just absolutely privileged to um, be able to see him in the flesh and be able to enjoy him playing at my football club for um, as many years as he did. It's just an absolute joy and privilege. Absolutely, well, I'll absolutely just, second just that. I'm sure if, the boys would as well. I uh, just think uh, so, so, sorry, Frank, about that. I was going to say just as well, Vim knew about that we closed in the contract there. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, Vim Jansen, there's another one we could do a show on. You know, he <laughs> turned up. Stopped the tent, signed the king, and left the building. Oh, you know, what a <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, night <laughs> uh, drop. Exactly. <laughs> Catch Ross, just to sort of to round off, we had a couple of league games uh, after Rangers. A couple of them were actually we, we lost a couple of the, the last two league games, believe it or not, at Kilmarnock and, and Dundee at home. But I think we can. Uh, I'm pretty sure we can forgive uh, the boys for that because we had. A Scottish Cup final to prepare for uh, against a team, like you say, who gave us all, all sorts of issues that season uh, in Hibs. Uh, and again, just like in the League Cup final, uh, we ran out 3-0 winners. Henrik didn't quite equal Dixie Dean's record to score in a hat-trick in a, a League Cup and Scottish Cup final in the same season, but he did score two cracking goals. Uh, along with Jackie McNamara, who yeah, uh, scored McNamara uh, when he came on. Uh, and uh, our first treble in uh, 32 years, was secured. It was a, a special day, wasn't it? Oh, God, I, uh, I... I can't mind much of that day, to be honest with you. I think I was... <laughs> I was uh, going on... I was I was t- nearly 18, so I was... Uh, oh, what's uh, what's I, I enjoyed myself. I, I was breaking the law. I was breaking the law, man. I didn't care. We'd <laughs> won a treble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great performance against a team who were playing really well at the time, and they 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 just blew them off the park. Uh, Henry Larson once again outstanding in a final, five goals in two finals, unbelievable effort. He just was a big <laughs> big game player, and Jackie McNamara, a uh, brilliant finish, and he was just he was outstanding for Celtic that season along with everybody else. And again, he was a player that was already at the club and they brought in all these great players and he just slotted in and didn't look out of place amongst them. Uh, ah, it was What a day. It was in the sun. Uh, just brilliant. Absolutely. Oh, Hamden in the sun, uh, yes. indeed. 
And like you say, boys, those uh, those memories is, is something that will last with us forever. Um, and it certainly didn't prove to be a one a one season wonder because Martin, in the five years he was with us, uh, you know, three league titles, three Scottish Cups, a League Cup, and of course that magical season where we made it all the way to the UEFA Cup final in Seville. More of that on another podcast, I'm sure. Maybe <laughs> Ross will take the reins for that one. I think. <laughs> But just um, just to, to sort of round off, as I say, we I, I agree it was just a, an incredible season. Something, as I say, we're, we're, we're so used to Celtic being successful now, but it was something that we weren't overly familiar with at, at that point and it just sort of changed the mindset. And like you say, in, in the, the years after that, we've, we went from being a team that were at the start of that season were just hoping to get close to Rangers to make it a bit of a competition. And... Within three years, we were in a major European final. Um, if that doesn't cement legendary status, I, I, I don't know what does. And I think it's quite fitting, like we, we touched on earlier, that those guys, that sort of band of brothers, as Chris Sutton alluded to them, uh, named them, they 20 years later, they packed out the Hydro uh, uh, at the, uh, just a couple of nights ago there. It just shows you, whilst no team may, may will ever probably eclipse the achievements of the Lisbon Lions. Our generation of supporters, um, for us guys, those those treble winning heroes are, are probably our version of them, aren't they? Oh, Definitely. Oh, I didn't know who that was to. Sorry, I'll go. <laughs> Sorry, well, it was, just... Do you know what I didn't? I, it was probably just one of the The team is, like, and like you said, we've had much success since then. Um, some Wonderful players come through the doors at Celtic. Um, some wonderful football played, and many managers after them have done wonderful jobs as well. But in my lifetime, there's not a team come even close to that team that Martin O'Neill built, um, especially in that season and the year after. Um, from back to front, just absolute warriors. And uh, the likes of Maravchik, who for me was just unplayable nice in his on day. The cake. Um, and uh, a team with a king in it. There's nobody beating that team. Uh, what a job he did! Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely you're, you're bang on, Wally. Because like we, we as we spoke about that when we did the the, the sort of the, the, the two generations, we, we were pretty much in agreement that that team would have had the Invincibles on toast. You know, so that's kind of that kind of <laughs> just shows you just <laughs> how, how how good they were. How, uh, absolutely, and uh, yeah. As I say, as you touched on uh, earlier, guys, we've got a similar rebuilding job this year um, with a certain Mr. Postacoglu um, being tasked with the responsibility. We don't know how the season's going to unfold, but let's just say for the what we've seen so far, we're, uh, we're very happy and here's hoping. In 20 years' time, when we're doing this uh, on some sort of 3D imaging, uh, because when, when we're on the... On the the top of the podcast pile. We'll be talking about how good this season ended up being as well, but uh, that's that's for another day, I'm sure. But in terms of uh, the podcast tonight uh, for our contribution for Axom, uh, that's pretty much us, and we can only thank Martin for giving us uh, and the, the players for giving us the memories to talk about. Uh, have you enjoyed uh, this wee trip down memory lane tonight? Yeah, Super. loved that. Loved that. It's I don't believe it's twenty years ago. About. I cannot I believe it's 20 years. Makes you like I know. But by the way, 20 year old top still fits like a glove. 
Aye, that's because we all wore like triple XL back then. It needed to be back. Don't take this away from me, Wally. Well, if it makes you feel any better, mine's doesn't it fit quite as well. I can see that. Cut glass with things. One of you guys might be able to confirm this rumour, right? See the top Willie's wearing? There was, there's a lot of rumour going around the time that Henrik designed that for Umbro when he was off with his leg break. Do any of you know if that's that's true or not? I, I don't, I don't I, know. I, I, no, I've never even heard that. I've heard the I've heard the rumor that, that's, that Henrik designed it. And I, listen, if he did, he'd have a career in fashion as well. If he hadn't been a footballing god, because it's one of my favourite ever away tops as well. Henrik, uh, Henrik but no, Henrik, I possibly. I'll, I'll, I'll believe anything when it comes to Henrik. You know me. <laughs> I'm sure he. Yeah, I'm sure he had, a, had a horse with an uppercut once, and that's how giraffe gir- gir- <laughs> created. Yeah, no, I, I, what do you mean? Is that no truly? Like? <laughs> honestly, folk, that story. Uh, but no, guys, honestly, thanks very much. Uh, you've been absolutely brilliant. It's been a, a great wee trip down memory lane, and we've absolutely loved doing this uh, for, like I say earlier, the Axon charity weekend. This will all be going out over the weekend of December 4th and 5th. Uh, there'll be lots of other podcasts uh, getting involved, lots more content. So check it out when you can. And also, if you can, please donate uh, what you can to the to the charity, um, and hopefully that will just make a lot of vulnerable people's Christmas that little bit easier uh, to get through. Uh, but that's us for tonight. So thanks again to the boys, and all the best. Cheers. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.